Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the Gospel of the Day. I am James Thomas. Today is Thursday, <laughs> November 30th, 2023, the Feast of St. Andrew, which is another high feast of the church year that marks this transition from ordinary time into the Advent season. Our Gospel reading today is from the Gospel according to St. Matthew. As Jesus was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So it's interesting that this version of the reading is chosen for the feast day. There are other readings that indicate a little bit more of what Andrew's role was. Being our saint for the day, Andrew was the brother of Simon Peter. Andrew was the one who connected Jesus with Simon Peter. If anybody saw the episode of The Chosen, I believe it was season one, I really feel like they did a good job of portraying what was going on there. Andrew and Peter were brothers that grew up being very devout Jews, going to synagogue frequently, and regularly talking about the coming of the Messiah, awaiting him with great longing, praying for him to come. And Andrew, I believe, was following John the Baptist. And when Jesus appeared on the scene and John the Baptist pointed him out, Andrew got very excited and told his brother, Simon, we found the Messiah. You have to meet the Messiah. Um, but it wasn't until Simon Peter was out on his boat trying to catch fish. And in the TV show, it shows that he's... Uh, worried for his life. He's got to catch a certain number of fish in order to pay his debts. And here Jesus comes along after he's been out all night and caught nothing. And Andrew with him and James and John in a boat nearby. And Jesus says, throw your nets over to the other side. And Simon, not realizing who this is and the fact that he is the Messiah, says, we've been out all night. We haven't caught anything. But I'll do it one more time, just for you. And he throws over the net, and there's more fish than he can possibly haul in. And so he now realizes the words of Andrew. He realizes what's happened here. He has met the Messiah. Not only does he have enough fish to pay off his debt, he can now follow Jesus. And he says, first, depart from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. And that's when Jesus says, do not worry. Now on, from now on, you will be catching men. And he calls them both to follow him. And then James and John, he calls them as well to follow him. The sons of thunder. Andrew. In the big picture, Andrew is a lesser character than Peter. Peter is the first pope. Peter becomes bishop of Rome. Peter is the head apostle. Peter is the one always putting his foot in his mouth, but also saying all the best things. Master, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. When everyone else leaves, uh, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. 
So Simon Peter shows himself to be the leader, also with his flaws. But Andrew was the one that brought Jesus to him and brought him to Jesus. So this is a feast day for you if you are that person. That person that brings your friends to Jesus. That person that brings others to Jesus. Andrew, I mean, what if there was no Andrew? Then we wouldn't have Simon Peter as the first pope. The Lord knew what he was doing. The Lord set it all up. I was thinking of different saints that I know of that are famous for bringing another person to Jesus, and that person became a saint. I'm thinking of uh, St. Francis and St. Jane, St. Jane de Chantal, Francis de Sales, how she was a mess when they met each other. She had just lost her husband. She was taking care of a father and a father-in-law. She met Francis Bishop de Sales. I think he was giving a talk, and she asked to talk to him because she was all just confused and anxious, and he started to give her direction. And despite the fact that she was distracted by so many things, he was able to cut through all that and bring her heart to the Lord and make her a woman of devout prayer, encourage her to become that. And the book, The Introduction to the Devout Life, which is one of the best books any of us will ever read on the spiritual life, especially the spiritual life for the everyday person, uh, that was all inspired by their conversations. That was written for her. And it's helped so many people. She then ultimately becomes a women's foundress of a religious community. He brought her to Jesus. I think of moms. There's so many famous moms. And I'm just thinking of a couple. I, there's so many of them out there. I think of St. Monica praying years, 30 years, for Augustine, and then Augustine surpasses her in holiness. Augustine becomes the father of the fathers of the church, the greatest of the church fathers. He goes from being a heretic to basically defining everything that we believe. I mean, he wrote about everything, the entire Bible. He wrote about every moral issue you can think of, defining so much doctrine for us. Church councils for hundreds of years have used his writings in their documents. I think of the mothers of three of my favorite St. John, St. John Vianney, St. John Newman, St. John Bosco. They all were such an important part in the story. St. John Vianney became very, very holy as a very little boy and had great desires to be a priest as his mother took him to church each day. St. John Newman, same exact thing. The mother took him to church to daily mass when he was a little boy, and that created in him, that allowed God to stir in him that desire for the priesthood. And it wasn't just the priesthood, it was to be a missionary, to come to America, which eventually led to him being fourth bishop of Philadelphia and just doing incredible things in Philadelphia that then would be a template for all the other dioceses as they were being founded across America. St. John Bosco, his mother, was a big inspiration to him in becoming a priest, and then he had her working for him as he founded orphanages, and she became a mother to endless numbers of boys. So just as she had encouraged him in his spiritual life, she then encouraged so many. I mean, there were thousands of boys that became priests, and at the very least, that got off the streets because of St. John Bosco and his oratories. There was the famous story about the mother complaining one day about how hard it was to do this work and how she was so worried about so many boys and just there were so many headaches and these kids were not perfectly behaved and 
there was just so much to be patient about. And he just very gentler point, gently pointed her to the cross, just like she always had done for him. And she said, okay, I get it. <laughs> she understood. It's the cross. It's the cross that saves souls. And I think, too, in my own life, different uh, prayer groups that I've been a part of, I'm thinking in particular of some young adult groups where people were just on fire and founded the group, on fire for their faith in love with Jesus and love with the Blessed Mother, and telling everybody so anxiously about the wonders of our faith and drawing so many members to the groups and the groups building more and more, drawing more and more members. So we are called to be that person. We are called to be like St. Andrew. Who knows where St. Peter might be lurking in our lives. Uh, and we are called to do that, to be that person. St. Andrew was a brother to Simon Peter. Despite all Peter's flaws, Andrew... I'm sure he had his flaws too, but they put up with each other. He put up with him. He put up with his willfulness and his pride. And he just gently leaded him. He led him to Jesus. And this is what we're all called to do, like I say. We have people in our lives, and for some it's just to pray for them. For some it's good example. For some it's maybe to offer that invitation. To say, hey, you know, I'm going to this thing. Would you like to come with me? Would you like to come to Mass with me? Maybe we'll do breakfast after, or if it's in the evening, we'll go to the diner. That was always our thing growing up uh, in youth groups and young adult groups. We went to the local diner or the local friendlies when we were done praying, and that was part of the appeal. There's so many people in our lives that we can bring to the Lord. And this is the thing, you know, we expect the priest, the pastor, whoever, to build up the parish. But you know who builds up the parish? It's people on fire for the Lord, growing in their own faith, and then drawing other people into that. The priest can't go out through the neighborhood and bring everybody in, although there are some good priests that do that, but the lay people can much more easily do that. Bringing family members, bringing friends, bringing neighbors, saying, hey, there's this thing, there's a rosary, there's a novena, I'd like you to come and meet Jesus, I'd like you to come and pray with me. Um, and you never know what could happen. Sometimes those people that got that simple little invitation end up becoming the new leaders in our faith, those that are going to lead many, many others to the faith. This is how we get the momentum going. So we pray to St. Andrew today that we may, uh, we may become this, we may do this, and also that our hearts more and more are getting ready for this great season of Advent, which is a penitential season, it's not a time of feasting, although many people are already doing that. It is a time of preparation. The Lord is near. Let us prepare our hearts, as Simon and Andrew did, so that the Messiah can come in and work his wonders. Have a great day. God bless you.